Can we go ahead and take a moment and welcome our Pompano Beach campus and everybody watching online to our services here today. Pompano Beach, we love you guys. We're so glad that you're joining us this morning on this Resurrection Sunday. It's, it's exciting, man. We love celebrating Easter here at Coastal Community Church. If you're a guest here with us, man, thank you so much for being a part of our services here this morning. And I really do believe that God is going to speak to each and every one of us today. And, and, and I believe that Easter is one of those epic, most powerful moments where God wants to show up and show off. And, and sometimes we, we can get so focused on the end of the story that we forget the beginning of the story. And so I thought what we would do today, and I don't think I've ever done this in the history of our churches, we're going to go back to, to the story of the crucifixion. And we're going to read that this morning out of the Gospel of Matthew. And so if you want to follow along in your worship God, if you don't have a worship God with you, all, all the scriptures in there, uh, you can follow along on the Version app or you can just look at the screen. And it says this in Matthew chapter 27, starting in verse 33. It says, they came to that place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. In other words, it's this place of darkness. It's this place of death in life. It says, when they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. Verse 39 says, those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him, saying he saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him build. Where did I? I just lost myself. <laughs> Anybody ever done that? You ever just lost yourself in a moment right there? <laughs> that's, that's exactly where I am right now. I have no idea where I am. He said he can save himself, and he saved others, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. Then in verse 45, it says, from noon until three in the afternoon, darkness came over all the land. And here's the deal, guys. I really believe that God wants me to speak to some people right now and today that are living in darkness. I believe there's some of us, we've walked in here with some dark places and some dark aspects of our lives. And I believe that the presence and the Holy Spirit of God are going to, is going to speak to you today in a very special and a very profound way. It says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama, shabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then in verse 50, it says, when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. As I was praying about Easter Sunday and what to share with you guys today, I, I, I kept having this question come up in my mind as I read through this story. And, and the question that I have for all of us today is this question of what's after why? What's after why? Because I don't know about you, but has anybody out there ever had a bad day? Come on, raise your hand if you've ever had a bad day. For those of you, look around, that don't, have never had a bad day. You can go ahead and look at them and just go, I hate you, right? You know, because we're just kidding. We don't hate you, but we understand you're living this perfect existence on earth and, and everything is rainbows and butterflies for you. And we have yet to experience that because we, for the most part of us, most of us have lived some bad days. 
And when you read this text of Scripture, this was considered Good Friday. And it was good for us, but it was terrible for Jesus. Can, can we all agree on that? I mean, that right there is a bad day. That was the ultimate bad day. Now, I myself, I, I love social media. Uh, I, I'm, I'm personally, I'm an Instagrammer. That's where I like to hang out. Any Instagrammers out there? Anybody like some social media? How about Twitter? Any Snappers out there? Snapchatters? Facebook for all the adults because all the kids have already gotten off of that. And so, you know, but on social media, there is a popular hashtag that's out there. It's the hashtag, hashtag worst day ever. You know, and, and some people have used that hashtag worst day ever. And the reason they put that hashtag in a post that they make is to signify that this is like a really, really bad day. Like things have not gone their way. And this has been one of those tragic, tragic days that has made it the worst day ever. And so to help you guys see a little bit, I, I pulled out some Twitter posts from some people that decided, you know, this was like the worst day ever. And so I want to give you an example. Went to Sonic today for a $1 hot dog, except Sonic ran out of hot dog buns. I've never been more crushed before. Hashtag worst day ever. I mean, running out of hot dog buns. I mean, that is an epically bad day. Can we get an amen right there? How about this one? Forgot to use my eyeshadow eye primer, which I, I've talked to like 10 ladies. None of them even have that. And she goes, so I keep checking my makeup every few minutes to see when it wears off. Hashtag worst day ever. Hashtag first world problems. Come on, yeah, some first world problems. Here's another one. Bank account got hacked $4,800 and can't get Britney Spears tickets, even though I've been sitting here with a tab open since 9:58. Hashtag worst day ever. I don't know what's worse. She got hacked or she wanted to buy Britney Spears tickets. I mean, that's... That's the worst day ever right there. That, come on. And how about this one? Tim Hortons gave me the wrong muffin today, and I didn't notice until I got to work. Hashtag worst day ever. Wrong order. That's bad. But, but, but here's the bad. Here's bad. Name one thing worse than when your chapstick gets stuck and won't go back in the tube. Hashtag worst day ever. There's like 50 of these ones about chapstick. I didn't even know chapstick was that big of a deal. But apparently to some ladies, it's like life or death kind of thing. It's worst day ever kind of scenario. But this next one, now this is the worst day ever right here. When you get all the way home before realizing they didn't put the Chick-fil-A sauce you asked for in the bag, thumbs down, hashtag worst day ever. Come on, somebody. That's a bad day right there. The only thing worse than them forgetting your Chick-fil-A sauce is this one right here. Today I went to Chick-fil-A not knowing it was Sunday. Broken heart, hashtag worst day ever. That's a bad day right there. You know, you get all riled up for some Chick-fil-A. Like, I'm going to eat some Jesus chicken today. Only to find out they're closed. It's a bad day. The reality is, is for all of us that are on this earth, we're going to have some bad days. We're going to experience some bad days. But to call Good Friday uh, a bad day is kind of like the understatement of the century, of our entire existence and lifetime. It was suffering magnified to the 10th degree of all the emotional and physical and spiritual and, and, and relational pain. And, and it, it was almost as if it was every bad day that you've ever had put together along with every other human out there's worst day ever put together and put on top of the shoulders of one 
person, and it was poured out in that moment. And that's really what this Good Friday was all about. In fact, the Gospel of Peter tells us in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21 in the message version, it says, man, we can learn some stuff from Jesus and his sufferings right here. It actually says this. It says, this is the kind of life you've been invited into. Some of you all, you were invited to church today. Amen. We're so glad that you're here with us. Uh, but God does, doesn't just want to invite you to church. He wants to invite you into this unbelievable life. But he also wants you to know that inside this life, you can live the kind of life that Christ lived. You've been invited to live the life that Christ lived, but unfortunately Christ endured some suffering in life, and so it shouldn't be any, any weird thing to you that if you experience some suffering in your life as well. It says he suffered everything that came his way so that you would know that it could be done and also know how to do it step by step. Another version says he left us an example. And so the cross and and, and Good Friday, which is really bad Friday for Jesus, but great for us, is, is an example so that we can realize that even though when we're going through some difficult moments in life, even though when we're going through some hardship and some pain and we're going through the hashtag worst day ever, no Chick-fil-A sauce in all, that, man, God can show up in that moment and he can resurrect some broken things in our lives. He can put back the pieces and he gives us the steps that we can take to make it through the difficult moments in life. And what I want to do is I want to look at Jesus here uh, on the cross, and I want us to learn how we can overcome the difficult moments of life. And I realize this, that maybe right now you're not going through a difficult moment, but one of the things that I've realized is you're either going through a difficulty, getting out of a difficulty, or about to go into a difficulty. And so you better recognize that it might not be here at your doorsteps, but it's coming along. Because it's not if you're going to face difficulties, it's when you're going to face them. It's not if you're going to face some worst day ever. It's, it's, it's when you're going to face them. And if we can have the principles that Jesus taught, man, we can go through there and live victorious in our lives. And so the text we just read, there's two places where Jesus speaks. And up to this point, everything that Jesus has said on the cross has been inspirational. There are actually seven sayings of Jesus on the cross. And, and we just read the last two, but the five previous up to this point have all been inspirational. And I don't know about you, but when I'm having my worst day ever, I don't say nice things. Like, I'm not all like, man, you're awesome right there. You're incredible. No, I'm like, this world is terrible. I hate everybody. That's what happens in my worst day ever. Anybody else with me there? Like, not everybody's your friend at that moment. But yet Jesus, in the middle of this, I mean, he, he's looking around at the people that are crucifying. And what does he say? He says, Father, forgive them. For they don't know what they're doing. To the thief that's on the cross next to him that, that's like, man, I believe. He says, this day you will be with me in paradise. While he's on the cross, he looks down at John and he says, hey, John, my disciple, I want you to take care of my mama. And so Jesus, while he's on the cross suffering in the worst day ever, I mean, he's saving people, he's forgiving people, he's helping people, he's taking care of people in that moment. And it's inspirational at that moment. And then somehow, I don't know how he does it because that's not how I respond in those moments. But Jesus all of a sudden becomes very, very human in a moment. And a lot of us, we love the idea of God coming to earth, but we don't want him to have too much humanity in him. 
And all of a sudden, God, Jesus gets some humanity in him. And in verse 46, he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He goes, why? Jesus has this unbelievable moment of uncertainty where he just can't process and make sense of the moment that he's in, that he is actually starting to, to question everything that's going on. He can't process. I mean, this is the guy that was the word in the very beginning that was part of creation, that actually knew that the cross was coming. In fact, he told his disciples before he ever got to the cross three different times, like, you're going to see me crucified today. But yet in this moment, this pain, this suffering, he couldn't even comprehend it in that moment. He goes, God, why have you forsaken me? I don't know if you've ever asked God why. Or better yet, God, why me? I've noticed that I only ask that question on bad days. Like when I'm having the best day in the world, I'm not like, God, why am I having such an awesome day? Or when somebody wins $480 billion in the, the lottery, they're not like, God, why me? Why would you choose me to be rich? No, they don't ever ask that question on good days, do you? We don't ever question God when things are good in our life. The only time we ever question God is when our moments are darkest. When life is at its worst. It's when we struggle to reconcile this life and God and it's easy to ask why because Jesus asked why. And I just want you to know that God is not afraid of your why. God is not angry at you for going, God, why? He's not upset at you. He can handle your questions. He can handle your whys in life. But the real question for all of us is, is what do you do after your why? What do you do after the why? Because it's what's after why that changes everything. And Matthew tells us there's something else after the why. In verse 50, he says, When Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. He refused to allow why to be the last thing that he ever said. And here's the deal. Having faith doesn't mean you don't ask why. It means you don't stop on why. And some of us need to hear that today. It's, it's, it's literally saying, man, it's okay to ask why. It's you just can't stop there. It's not saying that you won't experience some difficult things in life and there's going to be some moments where you don't understand and can't comprehend. Having faith is just going, you know what, I'm going to take one more step even in the midst of my under, lack of understanding. Having faith just means I refuse to die on why. And Matthew says, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. And, and so my question is, is like, well, what, what did he say there? And, and Matthew doesn't say that, but the gospel of Luke actually does tell us about what Jesus said. Luke was a doctor, and so he took a little bit more copious notes. And so Luke says in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last. And so the question is, is, is what is after why? Because for every single one of us, at some point in our lives, we're going to have some whys in our life. And when you try to make sense of what doesn't make sense, you're always going to ask why. 
I'll never forget, Shayla and I had this one week of life that I look back on that was the ultimate why week of our life. Shayla's sister was getting ready to get married, and the weekend before their wedding, uh, they decided to go on a, a, you know, a, a girl's weekend away, and on that Sunday, the day that they were supposed to come back, uh, her father uh, had a stroke and uh, was hospitalized, uh, was paralyzed all down the side of his face, and, and half of his body couldn't move any of it, and, and we're like, man, what's going on, God? Why is this happening right now? He needs to walk his his daughter down the aisle the very following week, his, his next oldest daughter after Shayla. And, and throughout that week, we're, we're leading up to this wedding. And, and finally, it's a Saturday, and this wedding is about to start. And, 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 and Shayla's sister, Shannon, is, is waiting to walk down the aisle, except for her fiancé has not yet arrived to the wedding. And it's the kind of story that you hear uh, on, on, on movies and the Hallmark Channel like 24-7 over and over again. This is that kind of story, but this is real life for us. And, and, and on the way to the wedding ceremony, Mark had rented a, a, a Dodge Viper because he knew that that was Shannon's favorite car. And on the way to the ceremony, a dog ran out in the middle of the street and he swerved to meet it and ended up hitting a telephone pole. And because his injuries were so extensive, they ended up bay flighting him, lifting him up in a helicopter to take him to a hospital where on the way to the hospital, he passes away from internal injuries on his wedding day. I remember getting to the hospital and seeing Shannon in, in a padded room, banging her fists along the wall going, God, why is this happening to me? Why me? Why my life? Why all of this? The very next day, Shayla goes over to her sister's house to visit her, and, and as she's going over there, uh, she pulls up to the house and, and runs over something, and so she isn't sure what she ran over, so she puts the car in reverse and backs back up over it, only to find out it was the family dog. Can days get any worse? Yes, they can, because the very next day, I end up taking my mom and my stepdad for fe to federal prison for failure to file a tax return. You want to talk about a bad week? You want to talk about some bad days? Some of y'all are like, my days are pretty good right now. You know, it's like, but here's what I know, is none of us gets to choose the darkness that descends on us. None of us gets to choose how everything happens in life. So what do you do with why? And I think Jesus teaches us a couple of things that we can do with our why. If you're taking notes, number one, you got to direct your why to the right who. It's okay to ask why, but the problem is, is some of us are asking why to the wrong people. We're asking our whys to the wrong person. Listen, Jesus doesn't ask his mama why. He doesn't ask his disciples why. He doesn't ask the people around him why. It says in Luke chapter 23, verse 46, Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Father! Who does Jesus go to? He goes to his Father. And all throughout Scripture, you see Jesus addressing God as his Father. In fact, there's only one time in Scripture where Jesus does not address God as Father, and it's the Scripture right before this. Where he says, my God, my God, why? And the reason that that happens, he says, why have you forsaken me? And I think it's not accidental that he says it right there because our enemies are always trying to come to our lives and trying to get us to question the goodness of God. 
They're trying to get us to question the grace of God and the love of God. And is God really, does he really with you? Does he really care? Is he really all about your life? In fact, we read verses where the enemies were questioning God in his life. In verse Matthew 27, 40, come down from the cross if you are the son of God. Matthew 27, 43, let God rescue him if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get Jesus to question his relationship with God. And what the enemy is trying to get you to do is get you to question your relationship with God. Man, if God really loved you, then he wouldn't let you go to the cross. If God really loved you, you wouldn't have had that failed marriage. If God really loved you, you wouldn't have lost that job. If God really loved you, you wouldn't have struggled with that addiction. If God really loved you, then he would take that cancer away. See, it isn't just that the enemy wants to bring pain and darkness and destruction to your life. What the enemy wants you to do ultimately is question God's love for you. And in the middle of Jesus' humanity, he refers to God, his Father, as just God. Now, I think it's a lot like us. A lot of times, we don't necessarily doubt that God is God. We just doubt that he cares for us. We doubt that he sees us in that moment. And Jesus is going through all this pain and this suffering. And as he lifts his voice for one last breath, he says, Father! Listen, if you're going to make it through your why, you have to have a who that is bigger than your why. Some of y'all need to hear that again. If you are going to make it through your why, you have got to have a who that is bigger than your why. And see, the problem is that some of us are taking our whys to the wrong source. We're going to Instagram, and we're going to Twitter, and we're throwing out a thinly veiled, passive-aggressive message out there to some people, like, oh, what's going on? Jesus didn't take his why to everybody else. He didn't tweet his why. He prayed his why. And some of us, we need to realize that we need to take our deepest and our darkest hurts and pains and whys and bring them to God. Because here's what we need to understand, is when God feels the farthest, is when he promised to be the closest. And if you let your feelings drive your faith, in the dark moments, you will always conclude that Jesus is nowhere near you. Psalms 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. It says the Lord is close to those of us that are broken. Not those that got it all together. Not those that have perfection in life that have never had a bad day. He says, man, I'm actually, I'm close to you that are going through some difficult times. And here's the deal. I want to rescue you. And when you think that I'm the furthest away, it's actually when I'm the closest to you. And so we got to take our wives to the right who. Number two, when you don't get it, you have to give it. 
When you don't get it, you have to give it. In verse 46, it says, When Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And when he had said this, he breathed his last breath. He says, God, I'm putting this all in your hands. When you don't understand the whys in life, what you need to do is you need to go put it in God's hands because us trying to grope the questions of life that we're probably never going to have the answers to will crush us. And Jesus understood this, and he says, man, I can't hold on to this. I can't stay here in this moment and ask why. Otherwise, I'll end up cynical in life. I'll end up bitter in life. I'll end up missing out on the greatest moments in life. And when we get so focused on why, we miss out on all the beautiful things that God is trying to bring into our lives in those moments. And as long as we're hanging on to why, we can't see the miracles and the blessings that God is trying to bring into our lives to move us past our whys. I think it's interesting that Jesus was capable uh, of carrying the weight of the world, but not capable of carrying the weight of why. Jesus is like, man, why cannot be my last word? I have to give this to God, and I've got to move on. So how do you move on? Number three, you've got to have let faith have the final word. I can't die on why. I've got to grab hold of something else. He cried out, Father, he said, I'm giving this to you. It says, and when he had said this, he breathed his last breath. And it's like mic drop from Jesus. When he moved on from why, all of a sudden he, he's like, man, I refuse to let why be the final words of my life. I refuse to let this pain define me. I refuse to let the crucifixion define me. It's a part of my life, but it's not going to define my life. I went through some suffering. I went through some difficulties, but there is something on the other side. And when you give faith the final word, it's not always that you're going to understand everything that's going on. A lot of people think, well, I, I had faith. Why don't I get it all? Because we're not always going to get it all. And some of us, what we have gone through and what we have experienced has caused you to have a lingering why over your life. It's why some of you can't call him Father it's why you've never been able to have a relationship with a God because you can't reconcile your who with why. But I believe that there comes a moment in all of our lives where we have got to choose. And Jesus chose to let faith have the final word. And when he chose to let faith have the final word, it didn't all of a sudden make him feel better in that moment. He said, Father, I give it to you. And all of a sudden, his life wasn't better. He chose to walk by faith and not by feeling and let his faith have the final word. And I'm going to tell you, when you do that, I promise you that when you trust him and you put it in his hands, he always transforms whatever you put into his hands. It doesn't always happen right away. 
Jesus put his life in God's hands and then it went dark for three days. But here's the thing that I've learned in life. New life starts in the dark. A seed has to go into the ground for it to sprout up and breathe new life. Babies are formed in the dark. Resurrections happen in the darkness of a tomb. And so we've got to make a choice. God, I'm going to trust you. And trusting God doesn't mean that it's going to get better right away. What it means is that it's going to get better every single time. Because then in Luke 24, it says, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. And they found the stone was rolled away from the tomb. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. See, when you release it, God can resurrect it. When you trust him with it, he can transform it. And I'm not going to say it's all going to make sense. What I'm going to say is that there's not going to be any pain in this world. What I'm saying is, is that there is no pain that, that God can't comfort. God can comfort every single ounce of pain, every single ounce of hurt, but you got to give it to him. And you're going to let your faith have the final word. See, some of these things we can't know on this side of life, but I've chosen to let faith have the final word. And I believe that some of you, you're here today this Easter because God is trying to get you to this place where faith can have the final word. Because just because your progress isn't obvious doesn't mean that your faith isn't working. God is working on something. And today, God wants you to move beyond your whys. To go, what's after why? And go, you know what? Today is the day that I'm going to let faith have the final word. And I believe that what God is asking is, is, will you trust me even when you can't feel me? Because we live in a Saturday world where there's darkness all around, but this is what I know. Our God promises Sunday is coming. Sunday is coming. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? Maybe you're here today and you've got some questions. There's a lot of whys in your life. And listen, this is what I've learned in my own faith journey. I don't have to have the answer to every question in order to start trusting God and let ha faith have the final word even when I don't understand it. And maybe some of you are here today and you've been struggling with this idea of faith and you've never taken the first step of letting faith have the final word and that's realizing that Jesus did all this so that you could have life. And so that you could have an abundant life, where you could have a life where faith can have the final word instead of living in the whys and the uncertainty of life. And maybe for the very first time today, with questions still in your mind, you go, man, this, this, I have questions still, but I know that there's got to be more to this life, that there's got to be something greater than what I'm experiencing right now. And here's what I know is that Jesus promises us a greater life. But that greater life only comes by us trusting in him first. 
And maybe you're here and you need to put your trust in him for the very first time. Or maybe you've, you've gotten carried away with wise and you've allowed the wise to circumvent your life. And maybe you need to come back to faith today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, maybe that's you out here today. And I'm going to ask you to do a bold three thing on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to slip your hand up and I want to pray for you. If you want to make faith your final word for the very first time or for the first time in a long time on the count of three, I just want you to raise your hands. One, two, three. Go ahead and slip them up, man. Hands all over the place. You go ahead and put them down. We're going to pray for you in a second. Then there's some of you, you have, just have questions. And you've been bringing your whys to the wrong who's. And today you need to bring your why to the right who. The one who can change it all, Jesus Christ. Father God, I just come before you and I know that out there you saw every single hand that said, you know what, I need to put my trust and faith in Jesus Christ. I need to change my why to the right who and let, have, let my faith have the final word. And so I would ask that you would pray this prayer in your heart as I prayed out loud. God, listen, God can see what's going on in your heart. Say, God, today I put my trust in you. Even though I still have questions, even though I still have unanswered aspects of my life, I choose today to let Jesus have the final word in my life. I thank you for his death in resurrection 2,000 years ago, that I don't have to stay buried in my past. I don't have to stay buried in my wise. I don't have to stay buried in my sin, in my guilt, in my shame. But you can resurrect a new life in me. And today I accept that new life. Come into my heart. Rule, lead, and guide my life. God, and for the rest of us out there that just need to bring our wise to you, we've been bringing it to the wrong who. God, I pray that we would give it to you that we would open up our hands and allow you to do the miraculous work that only you can do. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. If you guys would take a look at the screen to hear John's story. Once upon a time.